You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. My guest today is Robert Dell. Most of you won't know Rob, but he is an incredibly accomplished endurance athlete who's done a lot of amazing and interesting things as an endurance athlete. And he is incredibly humble, a great storyteller, and someone who becomes really relatable, even if you've never done an endurance athletic event. He just seems and behaves like a really relatable guy who provides really useful and relatable stories that you can apply to yourself, whether you're an endurance athlete or not. Ready to hear more from Rob? Let's get started. Hello, it's your host, Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15, the 65th overall episode of the Meet Mediocrity Podcast. My guest today is Rob Dill, but before I get to Rob, let me just quickly say how incredibly happy I am that I, I got, like, I'm going to say dozens, yeah, dozens of re outreaches from various listeners and viewers, listeners of the Meet Mediocrity podcast and viewers of the Meet Mediocrity YouTube channel. Literally dozens of, of outreaches. By the way, when I say dozens, I think it's two dozen, but it doesn't matter. That's dozens. Dozens of outreaches by, via text message, email, and... Um, via direct message on, on social media, thanking me for last week's Meet Mediocrity podcast, um, honoring Desi Strong Foundation, uh, Matthew Desi DiStefano, the um, founder who lost his battle to cancer last year, was an amazing person, and the podcast apparently inspired a lot of people, people who knew Desi and people who never heard of Desi. So I'm thrilled about that. And I was also getting quite a number of those dozens of touch points about the Meet Mediocrity YouTube channel. You know, I tr I'm trying to create short videos, four minutes, five minutes max, things you can watch, you know, in between TV shows or you know, as you're getting ready for work and on topics that are real to and relatable for me and hopefully real and relatable for, for my listeners or watchers. And I, a number of the outreaches last week were thanking me for different YouTube videos and how they influenced uh, or had a positive impact on people who viewed them. So I'm thrilled. I'm hoping that you feel the same way about today's podcast with Rob Dill. So Rob is a biology teacher at a local New Jersey community college. Unassuming guy, biology teacher, but biology is an interesting thing to teach when you're an endurance athlete. Rob knows the body, the human body. He understands his body. And about 25 years ago, he embarked on an 
a mission to do one New York City marathon. Since then, Rob has done more than 10 um, full Ironman triathlons, and I think the number was over 30 marathons, including 23 straight. Would have been 25 if it wasn't for COVID and Hurricane Sandy. But 23 straight New York City marathons. He's an accomplished endurance athlete. He's a relatable guy. He's a great storyteller. And he provides some useful tips and tricks and advice for listeners who are endurance athletes and for listeners who've never even run a 5K. So his advice is, he's got some advice for everyone. Let's put it that way. So without further delay, let's get to my conversation with Robert Dill. So Rob, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So you're an interesting guy, Rob. You are a, an endurance athlete to the nth degree. Um, and I also want to talk to you a little bit about the fact that you're also um, a biology teacher, right? Do Correct. I have that right? Correct. Yeah. So, Envi- environmental science these days. More environmental. Than sorry. Environmental no, science. No, no. <laughs> how, how does, um, well, they may not, but how does an environmental science teacher um, collide with being a super endurance athlete? Well, I don't know super. That's not, yeah. <laughs> well, um, everything's it, relative. I realize that's that. true. Well, I mean, I, for me, you know, I, I was, uh, I was a biology major. I switched to education in undergrad, got a master's in education, um, focused mostly the, the first part of my career of teaching on the straight biology, but I've taught, um, anatomy and physiology one I've taught human biology, the human body, uh, embryology. So I, I've taught a lot of biology classes. So for me, um, it is pretty neat, like to be out there running and to like be analytical about, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, this is what's happening in my body right now. And when something, you know, tweaks, I'm like, oh, that's my iliotibial band. <laughs> so it actually, you know, um, from the biology side of it, uh, it, it's, it's perfect. It really, it really helps me. Um, cause I can know what I know what's wrong with my body. Um, cause I know yeah. the anatomy of the body pretty, pretty well. We're going to get to the um, we're going to get to your endurance um, athletics in a second. But do you ever use those your athletic experiences in your teaching? You know, yes and no. Um, for me, I, I really try to model, um, you know, behavior I want to see in my students. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't brag about you know what i've done but i do bring it into conversation and i let the conversation evolve and and i do talk about what i've done and um you know one of the the you know it's funny that um when i was younger i was a little a little bit more braggadocious with my stuff but now i'm a little more laid back and like you know i'll i'll you know i'll run the marathon like i didn't even tell my student not of course last year but the year before like i didn't even tell my students i was running the new york city marathon really i may have mentioned it before class started but then the monday after the marathon you know i brought my medal in to show them and because you know most people haven't seen a new york city right. marathon medal and they were like what what do you mean you ran a marathon yesterday so you know I, I i do try to i do talk about you know 
my eating. I do talk about exercise, um, but I don't brag about it. I just, I just say, I like to run and, and I tell my students, you know, I, I do long runs and stuff like that. And, you know, they're always asking, well, how, how do you, how do you go for a 10 mile run? I'm like, well, start with a one mile run um, <laughs> and, and try to inspire um, them to be a little bit better to their bodies. Um, and I, you know, I, I listen to a lot of science podcasts and I, I can't, emphasize enough how important physical fitness is and, and it's a relative term um so if i can inspire a student one of my former students actually became a marathoner um i i, I don't know if i was the reason why i wouldn't say that but but i might have been one of the pieces of the puzzle to positive influence into running marathons and she uh, actually not only did the, the uh, marathon she did the the goofy challenge um where i think she did the 5k the 10k the half marathon and the marathon Oh, that's days. like in four straight days, right? Four straight yeah. days, yeah. Disney. Yeah, I've done the, I've done the, uh, the. Oh no, the Goofies, uh, the half and the full. I've done that, but she did the. Um, I don't remember what the name. Some, some crazy. It's, but it's it's four days in a row of, of four events. Days in a row. And and she did that, and and I'd like to think that a little bit of my, you know, influence, you know, kind of not subliminally, but but just you know, because if you tell students get out there and run, they're not going to. But if you can inspire them to do that. And, you know, when I go into class sometimes and after running 10 miles in the morning, they're like, you ran 10 miles this morning. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Wednesday, you know, and, and, <laughs> and I'm still functioning and running around like a knucklehead. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it may seem, you know, most people, their first comment is, is like, Oh my God, I'd be dead. I'm like, yeah, no, you just, you just build into it. If you want it, you know, it's there for you. Obviously if someone has a, like a, a medical condition, of course, of course, of course, but no, no, just for perspective, these are college students. Yes, yes. Okay. Yep, yeah. So I teach uh, at um, at a community college, and I've been there for twenty nine years. And so they're not little kids. They're they they're no, they're young not adults. Young adults. Not. And and yeah, but they're still malleable. Of course, uh, to a degree. Um, you know, again by modeling, you know, good behavior. Um, but yeah, and from an environmental standpoint, you know, trying to model, you know, good practices with them and 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 talk about things. But there isn't as much of an overlap between endurance athletics and environmental other than like maybe trail running and stuff like that and trail marathons. So let's, so let's call a timeout. So let's, let's, let's shift back. So, um, I took, I took, um, the listeners straight to where you are today teaching college, um, and sometimes talking about your endurance athletics, but you've been an endurance athlete for a very long time. Since 1996. So 1996 would make that 25 years. Something like that, yeah. And <laughs> when you um, say it that way, yeah, oh god. Hey, yes. <laughs> That's okay. You know, at at your and my stage of the game, like like I, I it is what it is. Like right. I am what I am. Um so I'm not, I'm not trying to hide it. So Oh yeah, I mean and it's it's funny. I I I do wax nostalgic. Um uh the other day I was I went out and ran, you know, I did my my weekly 10 mile. And, you know, now it takes me, you know, I, I don't always use my GPS when I run. And I, it was about, I estimate I'm running about a 930 pace. And, you know, back in the day, you know, I used to run like eight minute miles, like they were water. And I was thinking like, man, I used to go out there and run 10 miles in like an hour and 15 minutes. And now it takes me an extra 20, 15, 20 minutes to run it. But then I come back to, yeah, but you're still doing it. But you're doing it. Exactly. I, yeah, I'm still doing it. I'm a little slower, um, a lot wiser, but, but I'm still doing it and you have to remember that, that that's that's something that's that's a big something 
So before, before I get into how you got started and, and some of the experiences you've had, let's do a quick rundown of your resume because we need to give the listeners some perspective of who they're listening to. You've done a ton of triathlons, a ton of marathons. Yep. Run through yep. some of those statistics and then we'll go back to the beginning. Um, well, so I've, I've done a total of 50, you know, registered races, about 54 marathons, um, and that includes um, 11 Ironman uh, triathlons. I've done Lake Placid 10 years. I did Switzerland a few years ago. Um, I've done a 50K and a 50 miler, um, which was a long day um, <laughs> up in Bear Mountain. It was a, in, in, it was a trail run. It took me so it's 50, it's, so it's 50 miles and it was not flat. No, it was not flat. And, and it's funny. I was training with a friend of mine. And it's funny. I look back and some of the training runs were like, I did a 37 mile training run. I'm thinking like, that's, that's that's 11 miles longer than a marathon on the trails. Right. And like this, this guy was like Uber endurance athlete, an ultra guy. And uh, I said, Oh, it's a, you know, I run this ultra I run that ultra. What's the difference? He's like, Oh no, 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 no. You, you picked one of the toughest ultras you could possibly 50 miles. You could possibly choose. And I'm like, great. Thank you for the, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I've, got- I've run on a trail a couple of times and running on a trail. And I, and I say a couple of times, probably less than 10 times. And I find that running on a trail versus running on a road is completely different. First of all, you got to watch where you're going. Second Absolutely. of all, it's un- it's not level, so you're 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 working your muscles in a different way. It's a lot harder. Absolutely. It is, but the the nice thing is that you know, and for me, you know, I really enjoy being outside, and I really really enjoy being outside in a, a, a natural environment mm-hmm. like the woods. For me, you know, I'll go up um, and I'll do, um, I have like a, an hour and a half or a two, and a two and a half hour loop up at Ramapo Reservation. And the time just melts away because you're looking at every foot strike. Um, and because if you don't watch where you're planting your feet, you're going to, yeah. you're going to turn an ankle. Right. Um, and you just have to be very cognizant of the ground under your feet. So you really can't wander. Like you have to kind of keep your mind focused on your steps, which kind of distracts you from the time you're out there. So I'll be out there for like an hour and I'll, I'll look at my watch and be like, oh my gosh, I've been out for an hour. Um, and the last time I went trail running, maybe not one of, one of the last times, I, I almost, almost stepped on a timber rattlesnake, which was oh one of the most God. exciting things I've ever. I, I literally jumped three feet sideways when I saw this timber rattle <laughs> on the trail. And it was a cold morning, so that the the um, the body of the animal hadn't warmed up yet, so he didn't or she didn't respond in an aggressive way. And it was just, it was it was a mag- it was a magnificent moment seeing this this animal out there. And uh, that's what I like about nature—you never know what you're going to see out there. I've seen bears. I've been followed by bears. I've seen, you know, it's just it is nice being on the trail. Um, my recommendation would be. Don't run alone like I do because I'm an idiot. Um, you know, run with a partner, um, run with a phone, run with a map, run right. with nutrition, run with water. If you're going right. to be out, we're in no man's land. Yeah, I totally. Listen, I, 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 you said you're an idiot. I, I like to do open water swimming, and I don't always do that with a buddy, and and that's an idiot move. Also, I'm a strong swimmer, and I'm like, what's going to happen? But something can always happen. So sure. bring a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you weren't, so 25 years of endurance races did not, um, happen in a split second. So how did you get started? Um, it was kind of fluky. Um, I, I, I used to work with, uh, my, my parents, um, used to own the rink in Bergenfield in Montvale. Um, a nice getting a hockey rink, a roller skating rink. We had a two roller, roller rinks. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, we opened one in 81 and, uh, we closed it and it doesn't matter, but we did the, the, no longer in the family business. 
And one of the guys who worked there, uh, who was like an insurance consultant, he had run the first New York City Marathon. And he's like- The first ever. First ever New York City Marathon. Which was, yeah, what, Park. 50 years ago or something? Well, it would have been. Um, okay. It's probably 51 years ago. I mean, okay. I think it was in the 70s, something like that. I should know uh-huh. that. I should know my history, but I don't. Anyway, so he's like, hey, did you ever think about running a marathon? And I'm like, sure, kind of thing. I wasn't a <laughs> runner. I mean, I understood the benefits of running- at the time, I was I was in a rowing club in Rutherford, and so he hands me an application for to the New York City Marathon, and like back then, this is pre-internet, right? And a paper I, application, paper and application. You, you don't automatically get in for sure. No, right? no, no, no. I mean, you know, did he pull strings to get me? Possibly. I mean, he, he had some he had some real swagger in the New York Roadrunners Club. Regardless, I got in in '96, and I remember it was July 27th. It was, I believe, it was a Tuesday. And that was the day I started running. Um, so like you, got, you got you got it in the mail that said you're in the marathon. In the and you said, oh my gosh, I better start yep. running. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even. I was living at my parents' house because my wife and I had just bought a house in in uh, Glenrock, and we hadn't um, uh, we had moved in yet. So I was kind of living. I was kind of squatting at my folks' house. Yeah, and I got the letter there, and I literally started running that that day. Uh, now again, I had run in high school, but yeah, just to hang out and be social. I ran when I was in college on the crew team, but again, as an adjunct to, for fitness. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. You were a rower. You started running in July for the first New York city marathon you got into July, August, September. Was it in October or November? November. So you had like three and a half, four months to train. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you weren't a runner. You were fit because you were a rower, but you weren't running fit. Right, I was anaerobically fit, not aerobically fit. So tell, so tell me how that train, how that training went. It, it didn't go, it didn't go as as, as I had hoped. Um, I uh, I had my so I started on Thursday, and I think the following Friday I had my first uh, sidelining injury because um, I went to I went out to I, I ran tried to run seven miles. It could have even been that Friday. I don't really remember. I, I could check my running log, but the bottom line is that I did too much too fast, and my connective tissue said that's not the way you do it. And I, I listened to them. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I took a couple of days off and kind of gradually eased into it um, a little more, a little bit more gingerly. So your muscles are fine, but it's your connective tissues that, that need a little bit more coaxing uh, when you're trying a new uh, athletic endeavor. So anyway, so connect by connective tissue, that would be like tendons, tendons, and ligaments, and the, the, the cartilage. They're, and so when you're getting like tendonitis, it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. the inflamed, it's the inflamed connective tissue. That's the muscle is, is yellow is pulling on the tendon. So when you have a tendonitis, it's, it's the muscle where the injury is, but it, it, it you feel it in your tendon. It's so like when, when, you know, so I used to get, uh, I had a, great guy who would do uh, uh, acupuncture. So he would, he would stick me with needles, but he doesn't stick you in the tendons. He sticks you in the muscle, but the muscle relaxes and stops pulling so hard on the tendon and um, voila. So yeah, I've had all kinds of injuries, but again, there, I could, I could trace them all back to bumping up my mileage too quickly mm-hmm. um, and not listening to your body. So you, you, you did complete the first New York city marathon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Barely. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would, I, I remember, um, I had to drive, I drove into the city, stayed with a friend. I remember driving home, uh, after the marathon in retrospect was probably not a good idea at all. Cause I really didn't have function in my legs. Like I literally had to lift my legs into the car because my knees weren't working. I, I kind of, 
I don't want to say I blew out, but I damaged both of my iliotibial bands mm-hmm. um, on the run, trying to run faster in Central Park, which was dumb. And like, if a car had swerved into me, I would have been like, yeah, I'm just going to hit you because I can't, I couldn't like really drive very well. Luckily, there was, it was an uneventful drive home. Mm-hmm. I get home and again, I'm staying with my family. I'm still staying at my parents' house. Not still, but we were getting our floors done at our new house because they were waxing and yep. shellacking and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So we, we vacated. So I was again staying at my mom's house and I'm like lying in bed, terrible, horrible pain, cursing myself for doing this to my body. And I have to pee and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to wet the bed because I can't even think about getting, I didn't, I, but I'm like, I'm at my mom's house. What am my mom going to do? She's, she's, right, my right, mom. Right. she's your mom. Um, and then, so then I am, I am in like so much pain. I, I can bear, when I, when I start moving my legs, they feel a little better, but my knees were blown out. My dad comes into my bedroom where I'm like dying there in the morning. He's like, oh, Joe wants to know how your run was. And I'm like, where's Joe? He's like, he's at work. I'm like. This guy was like 30 years my senior, ran the marathon, and he was at work. I'm like, God damn. So I went in <laughs> to the rink just to show him that I didn't. And uh, yeah, I, I swore that was it. I was, I was done. You were done. You were never One doing that again. One and done. I am, I'm never doing this again. And that, that mentality stuck with me through the month of November, through the month of December. But then in January, I was like, you know, what if, what if I were to try it again with better training? Mm-hmm. and yada yada more knowledge under my belt maybe i could do maybe I'll, I'll do one more to better my time and that was so 97 i did it again and and once night once i crossed the line in 97 i'm like oh no this is this is this, this is, is not going one to of your things this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a thing okay. yeah. well it's funny because when i spoke with you rob you you said <laughs> that the last um New York City Marathon you did last year was canceled because of COVID, yep. but the year before you said, you know, I went to the streakers meeting. Yep. Of course, I thought it was a bunch of people who ran the New York City Marathon with no clothes on. I, um, there probably are a few. Um, I but did, so, I but did. what is what is the streakers meeting? Because you're a streaker. I'm a streaker. So the 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 streakers uh, group um, are people who have done the New York City Marathon. Um, 15 times or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it doesn't have to be consecutive, but if it is consecutive, you're more of a badass. A super um, streaker. Yeah, you're an extra badass if you do. If you're <laughs> so, I'm a. I'm, I'm happy to say I'm a current streaker um, because my, I have an unbroken streak since '96. And yes, I know Sandy and COVID, but that doesn't count against me. No. Um, and so that's anyone, 23, 24. Yeah. So 23. I've done 20. This. This. Yeah. Yeah. So 23 um, straight New York city marathon. Yeah, it should be 25. I, I, will, uh-huh. I will, I will always say that to myself that it, damn it. But you know, it's fine. It'll, I mean, it'll, be, it's it'll not, be 25 in uh, 2022. Yeah. It, whenever it, it's, it's, it's out there. Hopefully I'll be there. Um, but, um, and then the nice thing about being a streaker is um, that uh, once you hit your 15, now I don't know if they're still doing this because of the, the, the size of the New York runners. Once you hit 15, you're automatically a lifer. So not only am I a streaker, I'm a lifer. So I get an email saying, congratulations, you're in. So I'm, I'm automatically guaranteed to be, to run the New York city marathon until I don't want to do it anymore. So I never had to worry about getting in. I just, what amazes, what amazes me an ordinary schmo like I am is that there's actually a room full of people who qualify for this meeting. Oh, there are hundreds. There are, and, and, and the, the neat thing about this, and, and this is what I, I find so amazing and so humbling is that in, in 
99 out of 100 rooms on planet Earth, 23 New York City marathons is wow. I mean, that that people like say, excuse me, yeah. or are, are you joking? I mean, people are, it, it's incredulous. Yeah. But when I'm in this room, I'm standing next to people who've done it 45 times, who've done it 38 times. Wow. And, and they give you a special number, like you on, on your on your back, you put, you know, it has a blank and it says like, you're supposed to, with a Sharpie or something, put like 28 and counting or for me, 23 and counting. Like I'll be running and I'll see this on someone's back and I'll come up to this older guy and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, that's his 32. Like, you know, it's just, it's just amazing that as big of a fish as I quote unquote, sometimes think I am, there's always a bigger fish. And if, if that to me is so inspiring to, to realize that maybe that'll one day be me where I'll be a 32, I'll be a 40. I mean, it's, it's, it's potential, you know, and then there are people who just got in there, people who just earned a right to the streakers club. And now they're, now they're at 15 and they just got in and you know, it's just, and they walk into the room and they're like, Holy shit. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. It is insane. It's like being like, a freshman in high school all over again. It is. It really is. And and you get swag and you get finish line passes. So they they really do the New York City uh, Roadrunners Club really do a wonderful job at 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 taking really good care. And we have a special like they have a parade um uh in the day before the, the Friday of the marathon and there's a whole like cadre of streakers. Again, we have our clothes on. Mm-hmm. Um although one year I did run the marathon and in Central Park some guy was running in a jock strap only. He had a shirt and a jock strap, no shorts. Interesting. And, and pinned, I think there were safety pinned to the jock strap were inflated condoms. And as the back of his shirt said, girls touch me. Um, oh, for goodness I, sake. I I'm remember sorry. that. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, it was an interesting. I am uh, sure he I'm sure he had some childhood challenges. He did. He did. And, <laughs> and, and I, I quickly ran up to him and quickly ran past him because I just didn't feel yeah. comfortable running next yeah. to someone's bare butt cheeks. Not sure I would either. Not not, not sure, yeah. So I, I, I parted ways shortly thereafter. Um, coming down. So uh, how did you, so how did you end up going from, so, so look, this is already kind of mind blowing to me. You said 99 out of a hundred rooms. I can assure you 99 out of a hundred listeners of my podcast are also amazed, but you didn't, you weren't satisfied with being a marathon runner. How did you get into triathlons? Again, it was one of those like, Hey, it'd be fun to do a triathlon. And then how many, how many marathons had you done by the time that happened? How many years into marathoning were you? Two, two. Oh, really? My my first, um, my first triathlon was 1998, which Mm -hmm. so I was two years into endurance athlete. And, um, so yeah. And that was my, my 98 was when I did my first iron half Ironman too. Um, I just, I wanted to try it and I'm like, what the hell? So I bought a bike and started training for that. And, and, um, you know, I did, I did two years of my first Ironman was 2000. Um, so I was only two years into, I think, I think Ironman was my fourth triathlon ever. Um, not sure if I'd recommend that necessarily, but again, it was kind of one of those, let me do this once, check it off my list and then move on to a new adventure. But, um, I don't know. So you said you've done 11 full Ironman. So you don't do, you don't do one of those every year. I did for a while back when I was younger. I did a 2002, three, four, and five. I did it four years in a row. At Lake Placid every year? At Lake Placid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not good, an easy course, by the way. It's not. It's not. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm at a draw. 
Um, I've kicked the course's ass five times and it's kicked my ass five times. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're so you did Lake, Lake Placid 10 times in Switzerland once. Uh, yes. Yeah. And this year's Copenhagen or last year was Copenhagen, but deferred, deferred, um, right. but yeah, I'm doing Copenhagen this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did 2000 and then, then I wasn't sure if I was ever going to do it again. And then in 2002, um, I, I got the urge again and I ran into a bunch of people literally, um, in my neighborhood who were doing it also. So we kind of joined a little team and, um, we all did it together for a couple of years. So you started with running, then you went into triathlon, which is swimming, cycling, and running. Um, so you were a runner first. So if you were standing on the edge of a pristine, a pristine lake, and you had your tri bike next to you with a beautiful road, you know, through a beautiful scenic woods, and you had a running trail running around the lake, and you had an hour and a half to kill. Which one would you do? Oh, I'd do the run. Any you would do week. the run. You're a yeah, runner. Yeah. You're yeah. a runner. Or fish. You know, one of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I did not it's expect not, fishing. Um, it's, not as, it's not as demanding. Uh, but yeah, a, a rowboat and a, a, a corona and a fishing rod. It's a, it's a, you could do that um, after no, your I'm, run. I'm, I'm, I, I, I really um, not a huge fan of swimming. Uh, cause I like numbers and like, I could swim for an hour and I'm like, great. That was like an hour, a mile and a half. I'd, I'd rather run, um, I've, the, the cycling, I, I, you know, again, I don't, nothing against cyclists. I just, it's just my, my first love is running. So I basically torture myself in the water, torture myself on the bike so I can run. And that's for me where I can throw down mm -hmm. and, and that, that's my, that's your thing. You know, that's my thing. That's my home. So Here's what I'd like to do. Here's where I'd like to go with this conversation. So obviously having events on your calendar motivates you. It mm -hmm. keeps you going. Um, I can assure you 99 out of 100 of my listeners are not going to do, um, they're not going to start signing up for marathons unless they're already doing that. Right. Um, they're not going to sign up for Ironman triathlons unless they're already doing that. But there's something about signing up for an event that can serve a lot of purposes. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to, to, to turn to the kind of relatability phase of this conversation. Anyone, oh, yeah. can, anyone can sign up for anything. Sure. Tell me a little bit about the whole, the whole concept of signing up for an event and what it does for you. Well, it's, I mean, it's um, for me and I think for a lot of people, it's, it's like the, the carrot uh, at the end, you know, and, and for me, it's a goal. Um, I, I look forward to that. Um, you know, the event itself is, is a heck of a lot of fun. I mean, the camaraderie, the stories, the people, um, I mean, I love going to the Wyckoff triathlon, which is a local thing. I've done that, you know, 21 times, something like that in a row. And like, I see the people who I've seen for years, like, I don't even know their names, but I've seen this guy for a decade or more. I've seen this woman for, you know, I just, it's, 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 it's like a home, but, um, but for me, the, the, the great thing about signing up for a race is that it, 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 when it's, it's almost like when, when you have a plan and uh, to do something, like let's say you want to go to graduate school or you want to, if you don't tell anybody, and I'm not saying you have to tell someone, but, but by telling someone, by saying, hey, I signed up for a race, kind of put it out there. And now you have to like do the homework uh, to, to get to the finish line of the race. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, and, you know, I just, uh, for me, it, it just is a, it's a neat goal. It's a, it's a, it's a tangible thing that you can touch as a date out there that has doesn't expire. You know, that's the date of the race. So you have to be ready or not ready. And there's, that's the challenge is, can you be ready? And I'm not saying you have to win your age group or something silly like that, but, you know, you just can finish. It's not about even starting is the challenge. Sometimes getting to the starting line is the hardest part. Um, <laughs> But it, it it gives you an expiration date of like, I have to have my stuff together by, you know, the Saturday of Father's Day weekend, or the course is going to beat me up, or it's not going to, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I, as I possibly could. And, and on those days when it's cold, on those days when it's hot, when it's humid, when it's raining, when it's all these different days, you got that race, tick tock, man, it's happening, whether, whether it's, you get a, a stretch of cold or warm weather. You got to get the homework in or you're not going to get the most out of that event. And getting the most out of that event could mean a lot of different things. So this is important because, you know, you know, you're, you're an endurance athlete, but you don't have to be an endurance athlete to sign up for a 5k or your local turkey trot. And if you are nowhere from a, from a, um, athletic perspective, you having that on your calendar can help you go from couch potato to 5k or couch potato to a turkey trot and that's meaningful progress and getting the most out of the day because you use that term a couple of times as well could mean starting could mean finishing could mean proudly wearing the t-shirt or the medal like right so so i assume that there are plenty of races that you've done that you didn't get the most out of the day but you got something out of the day. Oh yeah, I mean the race may have you know not treated me uh, well, and that that may be because it's my fault. Um, the course got the better of me that day. But either way, I look at the event. I mean, and and you you learn something. You you meet someone new. It's a new life experience that that you have, and it's it's an and it's an accomplishment. I mean, I I've got lots of finishers, medals, and you know medals from winning my age group and placing in my age group and. They, they relig- they're relegated to my basement. No one sees them except my wife from time to time when she's walking past my desk and, and I see them. And for me, it's kind of a, a reminder and it, it kind of motivates me. And I know this is a little, I know this is probably really weird, but like, like before, like the New York City Marathon, the night, the day. So I have my list, I'm packing all my stuff. I have a little note to myself, you know, I write medals on there. I, I kind of go over to my medals and I have them all on a wall. Um, and I kind of, rub like some of the metals i kind of get a little and i'm not a superstitious kind of right you know guy but it's just for me like it's it's like visiting and i'm like okay you know i'm gonna try to bring home a a brother or sister for you there (laughs) and i and i and i go up to my you know my 1998 uh, long island marathon uh medal which sits by itself because i completely bonked and and crashed and burned and it was a great lesson I, i got my ass handed to me because i was a moron and you, so I, I and you isolated the isolated oh, i did oh, i did the, the, the 19 i think it was 97 97 excuse me 97 year uh, long island marathon it sits all by itself on its own hook as a reminder to not be an idiot to <laughs> listen to your body to run within yourself and again that that it doesn't have to be a marathon i mean any knucklehead can go out at a 5k at like a 630 pace but can you finish at a 630 pace, you know, and, 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 and instead of, and again, 630, 830, 1030, whatever 
pace it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the pace is. You know, you can always you can always go out too fast or or do something wrong. Even in, and the good news about five k is it's harder to get into trouble because you're only out there for you're a shorter period of time. Um, so it's harder to like you know run out of energy and, and run out of water because and that tends to be you know ample water right. stops and stuff yep. like that on there. Um, but it's about it's about accomplishing something. It's about it's about setting a goal, preparing yourself for the goal. And doing the goal and, and feeling that sense of accomplishment. And it's not about, um, you know, coming in first, second or 10th, whatever. It's about, it's about, it's about doing it and just getting it done. So um, I'd like to hear quickly about two races you've done, any races. The one that was most satisfying and the one that was most disappointing. Can you come up with your most satisfying event and your most disappointing event and why? Um, you know, yeah, well, the, 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 the best one um, was uh, the 2003 uh, Ironman Lake Placid. Um, it was just, it, I had a great training year. Um, I was training with some uh, good friends of mine and we would go out and we would literally beat the crap out of each other on the course. I mean, we just... I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And then comes race day. It's pouring. I mean, it's not, it's not raining. It's pouring and, uh, get through the swim textbook, the bike, but by, by it's so wet on the bike that my, I had taped my magnet for my computer onto my wheel. Cause I had like carbon fiber mm-hmm, wheels mm-hmm. and it, it, the tape got ruined and the magnet flew off. So I had no idea what distance I was at, no idea what pace I was at. Pouring, 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 pouring rain. No spectators, and then I get off the bike, yada yada. Get my running stuff on, and my two friends are doing the course with me. And we had made a pact with our friends: don't, don't tell us where each other is, because then we'll try to like catch that person. Right. And I get off the, I get off the bike. It's pouring rain. I'm soaking wet. I put on my running stuff and I start running, and I go out and I'm running like. 7:45 per mile which is unbelievably fast mm-hmm. and i'm like what's going on second mile is like a seven I, i'm running i'm running sub eight minute miles and i'm like and it's pouring i'm like what is going on and i just said you know what you feel good the body's doing well you got enough nutrition you got enough hydration just keep going go 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 at this pace for as long as you possibly can and if the shoe falls off eventually it does and then I came up to one of my training partners and I kind of stuck behind him for like a minute or two. I'm like, do I pass Todd or do I kind of sit on his heels? And so I can like pray, jump on him. And I'm like, you know what? Run your own race. I zipped past him, said hi. And uh, I think I ran a three, I ran, I did. I ran a 342 marathon at that wow. Ironman. And that was pro- that sounds like it may have been your best Ironman ever. Oh, it was. It was, it was the, it was the great, it was my favorite. Uh, it was wow. just the greatest. In the pouring um, rain. In the pouring rain, yeah. Well, you certainly weren't overheating, which is a good thing. No, for me, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, so that was just, it was just a great performance. It was a great year with great friends, great steps leading up to that event. And Incredibly then, satisfying. It was, it was very satisfying. But then, but then there, you know, like the Long Island Marathon, you know, going out, I went out at like a, a way too fast pace. Um, I didn't stop to drink. I didn't stop to eat. I just, I don't have time for this. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to break three hours and I didn't have 
I didn't have what it took takes to break three hours at that time. And I went out and like mile 20, I just remember like the wheels started coming off. There was a woman with her young child in a stroller and she had a box of munchkins. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, can I please have a few munchkins, you know, please. And, and she took pity on me and gave me some munchkins, which I shoved into my gullet, gave me a bottle of water. Uh, at that point, the damage was done and I started running again and I couldn't, I, I was just done. My last mile was a 1632, um, which, is really, really slow, which is walking basically. Yeah. And there's a picture of me. They used to take pictures that they still do. And I have the proof and there's a picture of me and I just crossed the finish line and I looked so dejected and I was such an idiot for, I had planned my race, but I just ignored my plan. I ignored my nutrition. I ignored my hydration. I ignored it pace i ignored everything thinking i was all that and i got my butt handed to me by the long island marathon so i haven't been keeping track here rob i want i want to be i want you to know that you've probably called yourself stupid or an idiot at least three or four or five times during this conversation so which is a perfect segue by the way perfect segue into the into the last my last question so I'd like to get some uh, from from someone with a lot of experience, both doing good things and idiotic things. Um, let's give some advice to people. So there are going to be listeners to this podcast who, who can't relate. They, they, they don't do marathons and they, and they never will. Um, but they sure would like to join their friend, their spouse on the local 5K or that turkey trot or, or you know, to, to, to actually run their first race. and. Um, that's a big deal. And so I'm not asking for a full-blown training plan, but let's suppose we're literally going from the couch to have signed up for our first, call it a five-mile race, <clears throat> and call it four months out. Give me some advice. Well, I, I you know, obviously, you know, good good shoes are, are are wicked important, having some some shoes that can stand up to the the rigors of training. And the best, best, best advice is to start slow. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not a runner, you know, go out and, and, and walk like a half a mile, just <laughs> walk a quarter mile out, quarter mile back. Cause you can do that. You, you can do that. And then you come back and you're like, I did it. And that's that. And that's it. And you may not feel like you accomplished anything, but you can't, you, you took the first step, mm -hmm. you know, and then Take the next day off. And, and if you break it down into manageable pieces, you know, I, I used to read a lot of magazines and books about Ironman training. And I'm, I'm looking at these numbers and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I can't do that. It's just, I, it was way beyond. And even the marathon program, some of them were just like crazy hard, even 5k programs. They can be so daunting. And then you, you, you sign up, you sign, not necessarily sign up, but you, you start this program and then you don't hit your marks and then you feel like a failure and then you, you get discouraged and whatnot. And I, I, I just, I, th I think the best thing is, is to start slow, break it into manageable weekly goals and, and, and just build and, and, and don't bump up your, your mileage. I think 10% is the recommended thing. And then just, you know, if you don't run at all, don't start running, start mm -hmm. walking get your and build that up i mean it, you know, four months for 5k is is definitely a doable thing and don't worry about running your first month should should be you know walking and light jogging and then slowly and and, and giving yourself days off you know people go out and they run every day like nah, not me I, I i'd rather 
I'd rather run longer, a little bit longer each run and have three days off a week than to run seven days a week. I, I, I don't, I, I, I just, my body says, nope, can't do that. Um, so I'd rather have a day off before a long run and a day off after a long run. Again, the long run might be two and a half miles. Um, it's all relative. That's the, that's the great thing about this is no matter what your pace is, no matter what your distance is, it's, it's, it's all relative. Um, I look at some of these people who do the marathons in like five and a half hours. And I'm thinking like, Oh my gosh, that must be so hard to do because you're out there for so long. It must <laughs> beat the crap out of you. And I, 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 so it doesn't matter what the pace is or, or what the distance is, but start slow. Um, you know, and, and listen, really listen to your body. And when it starts protesting, address the protest. Why is it protesting? What's wrong? And and rest is a good thing. Rest, resting and stretching are, are definitely good things um, to, to incorporate um, into your into your program. I don't stretch as much as I should, but I certainly get a lot of rest in. Well, I really like your advice because anyone can can apply it. And frankly. You know, this whole listening to your body is is so cliche and so overlooked. And 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 so I want to emphasize that point. You know, you said that you trained for your first marathon and you overdid it in the first week and but 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 you stopped and you let whatever it was recover before yeah. you like before you ended up with a injury that you couldn't recover from in a short period of time. Yeah. All of the injuries I've had, and I've had patellar tendonitis, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. Mm -hmm. I've had hamstring issues. I've had glute, uh, you know, all kinds of issues. Um, I either fixed them myself with some advice from friends with some stretching and some rolling, or I got acupuncture. Um, I got a great needle guy in, in the next town over and he just, he's like magic man. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, on my next to my running, uh, where I have all my running stuff, I have little sticky notes with little, like, not affirmations, but I guess affirmations. Mm -hmm. and, and one of my favorite one is, is, you know, listen to your body, train accordingly. And I think that is the most important thing. And, and you know, I, I write down in a few weeks, I'm going to start my Ironman plan for Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it on paper and, and I'm going to say, okay, and you know, four weeks out, I want to do a this and five weeks out, I want to do a that. And I want to, you know, I'll be biking like 200, 200 miles a week and, you know, and, and running, you know, and, and all this great stuff on paper, it looks wonderful on paper and it's a great plan, but like, you can't predict how I'm going to feel five weeks before Copenhagen. And if my body says, yeah, no, you're not doing that last hundred miler. I'm not doing that last hundred miler on the bike. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, it's just not. You got to listen. You got to listen. And if you don't, you run the risk of, of injury um, and that could sideline you. And I've been there. Um, I almost didn't run a marathon one year because of uh, tendonitis. And, and, you know, I just, I, I was doing a lot of speed work. Uh, I was a lot younger and I, I, I was injured, but I kept training through the pain and I kept training harder and harder because I had my goal. I couldn't let my, you know, I had to, I had, I had my goal. I got to, I, I, this is my plan. I got to do these runs. And like, I don't know, like I'm two weeks before my body finally said, F you, you're done. You're not running anymore. Mm -hmm. And I had to stop running. I had to take a week off. And even then after taking a week off, I still went out for a light run, like four days before marathon. And I was right back to like level nine with pain. And luckily I was able to see my acupuncture guy and, um, miraculously he 
poked me in the hamstring with his magic needles and I, I was able to run the marathon, but, um, it's, uh, shouldn't have come to that. You know what? It shouldn't, I should have listened to my body eight weeks before when it was giving me signs saying like, please stop, please don't do that. Please stop, please rest. And I didn't, um, um you know, I, and again, I, I haven't always, you know, and, and I know this and I still, I, I still succumb sometimes I'll still succumb to the, to the overtraining and not listening to my body. Even after 25 years of this, this stuff, I, I, I don't always listen to myself. Yeah, but you've just shared some really great advice, you know, I, and frankly, I don't usually say this in the middle of a podcast, but I'll say it. You just gave me the name of this podcast, which is life is a marathon, not a sprint. And, <laughs> and, and really when it comes to all of this training or all of this going from zero to couch, from couch potato to a race or whatever it is, listen to your body, take it slow, um, you know, be smart about it. And you know what? When you get to the ra- when you when you get to the race and you finish and you get your t-shirt and your medal, that doesn't necessarily that's not the end. That's just mm-hmm. another step in the journey, and that's oh, what, yeah. that's the way you've done it. Yep. And frankly, that that's how you can enjoy the benefits of living a fit a fit life. And mm-hmm. that so I love that. Life yeah, there's is a no, marathon. There's, there's no finish line. You know, I, I I hope there's no finish line, and and the 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 end of one finish line is is just a gap between the next starting line. Um, there is no finish know, I, I, line. I, I, yep. Yeah, yeah, there there shouldn't be. Um, now, again, now, I, I, now I have two titles for my podcast. Oh, good. There you go. <laughs> um, and, and you can always add and uh, different races and make it, um, you know, just add new things. I mean, I haven't, I've done most races that you can do um, over the years. So there's nothing new out there, but I'm sure there is if I look hard enough. Yeah, um, but you know what? You know, you do. You're doing you. You don't have to. You don't have to search for it. You know. Oh yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And when I find something new, I'll, I'll try it. But um, in the meantime, I'll be plugging along at New York City Marathon. That's for sure. For, for well, that. hopefully, you get those races in in 2021. I'm I'm really hope hopeful. So. I'm really yeah. hopeful. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It, it it was really last year was a funky year. I really was my mojo was gone. But now that there's the specter of races out there, I'm I'm pushing some numbers and. Um, you know, training, training in earnest. Here comes the mojo. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, it was really, really nice to get to meet you. Yeah. Thanks. It was right, right back at you. It was really, uh, thanks for giving me a chance to talk. And I, I hope some of my words, you know, I hope, I hope that, um, inspire some people that, that anyone can do it. And, uh, it inspired, it inspired me because you know what, I, I don't need to do what you did, but I do need to do a lot of the things you said. So there, there's a lot there in terms of taking it easy on yourself, um, you know, one step at a time and, um, you know, you'll get there. You don't have, you don't have to do it all at once. Absolutely. I love that advice and I'm going to follow it as well. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, have a good day. And, and Rob, I hope you get that vaccine. I know, I know you're on the list. I hope we all, I hope we all get it. I hope we, we all get back to a, a happier place um you know it's just uh it's been it's been a tough year you know and listen i'm i'm i've been very fortunate i'm still teaching uh online and my life has been just inconvenience but uh you know my my heart goes out to all those people who've lost family members and loved ones and and have lost their jobs and i'm just really hoping that you know we'll get back um to some semblance of normalcy uh soon well, this podcast will air in a few weeks from today. By then, you and I, hopefully, will have yes. our vaccines and we'll be one step yes, closer. Yes. 
Yes. All right. Take care. Nice All talking. Right, take care. Nice talking. All right. Bye bye. Well, there you have it. Rob Dill, marathoner, triathloner, ultra runner, really quite an accomplished endurance athlete who readily admits, hey, when I first started training, I trained too hard and too fast and I injured myself, even though I'm, an endur- even though I'm a biology teacher and I should know better. He readily admits he's getting older. And in terms of getting older, he's getting slower, but he's still doing it. He readily admits that you don't become an endurance athlete overnight, and there's no reason to. Take it one step at a time. And an endurance athlete for you might mean going from couch potato to 5K. Doesn't have to be to run a marathon, but if it is, you can do that too. Just take your time, one step at a time, which is what he... Well, he didn't do it for his first race. He overdid it. But, you know, in building up to what he is today, it took a lot of time. And what's the rush? It's not about, I hate to say it, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it's a life journey. And take it slow. And the slower you take it, and the more you make it easy on yourself, easy on your mind, and easy on your body, the more likely you are to stick with it and to have success. So with that, you've just heard the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. If you're enjoying the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, please tell your friends. Please recommend it to others. Please go on social media and like our posts and send me comments so I can have dozens more interactions with you this week. Based upon your feedback is how I choose guests and how I choose topics for the YouTube channel as well. Please go on meetmediocrity.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which is growing in popularity as well, and um, I'm enjoying writing it and putting it out there. So with that, I ask you all to continue to stay positive, enjoy the spring weather, keep smiling, stay healthy, and be well. Take care, everyone.